Welcome to Making a Scene, an Esplanade Theatres on the Bay podcast about how art gets made. In this series, artists reflect on issues and connections that bind them across art forms and countries and talk about what inspires their work. I'm Sheila Narayanan, your host for this podcast, where we talk about tracing the history of Indian bands in Singapore as part of the Kala Utsavam, the Indian Festival of Arts 2020. It is my pleasure and honour to have Mohamed Rafi joining me today. If there's anyone who can talk about the history of Indian bands in Singapore, it would be this multi-talented man. Music is in his veins, and from the age of 10, he has been in a band, part of a band, or creating a band. And it helps that the music talent runs deep in his family. For over 35 years, Rafi has been involved in the music industries of three countries, Singapore, Malaysia, and India. His repertoire is extensive. I believe there's no genre he can't play, whether it be gazelles to Western classical, jazz, pop, rock, blues, and yes, even fusion. I'm sure there's no instrument he can't play either. Um, he's a talented arranger, a composer. Um, I believe Rafi even scored for local theatre productions like the Tamil version of Kuo Pao Kun's yeah. Coffin is Too Big for the whole and for movies as well, like Jagubai, yeah. Ravi Kumar's Jagubai in 2010. And of course, for those who know Rafi very well and his work, mm. having worked with Maestro A.R. Rahman yeah. for over a decade uh, as well, that adds to your musical uh, talent. And Rafi also released four albums of his own original composition, was one of the first Indian Singaporean performers to be signed to a major record label and is the founding member of the band The Vasantham Boys, whom you continue to perform regularly with, I understand, yes, Rafi. Yes, I so, Rafi, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Shana. I want to say that I think you're a national treasure. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, very, you're very humble. I know you're very shy about all these accolades, but, you know, you've done so much, you know, for music in Singapore uh -huh. as well. And um, I want to thank you for sharing your memories in what I think is not a well-known history uh -huh. in Singapore's musical landscape as mm -hmm. well. So I want to ask you, when you were a child, mm -hmm. what were your first memories of performing, of singing? My first memories uh, starts with my father, because mm. my father is a musician. He's, he hails from India. Yeah, what was your father's name? Uh, his name is Jacob, mm. and he plays accordion and organ and all mm. that. He's a very good accordion player, mm. and he plays Hindi songs beautifully on the accordion. I understand he spoke Urdu he as spoke well. He spoke Urdu also, mm. Urdu and Tamil. He speaks good Urdu. Mm. I used to accompany him. He had a band in Singapore. He, he moved from uh, at the age of 16, I think, from mm. India. Came here to start with his family, mm. father and all that. So he had a band. He, in, in India itself, in Vilupuram, he used to act oh, right. as a youngster. Yeah, At the age of 11 and 12 years old, mm. he used to act. He was there with Sivaji Ganesan, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, they, both of them acted in the epic my father was Arjuna, I think, and Sivaji was Krishna. So my father loved all that and then learned how to play harmonium and bulbul dara and all the instruments. Right. So, so by the time he came to Singapore, I think he wanted to move on with his music career, but it wasn't good for him in Singapore. He had to work somewhere, so he joined the HDB and he worked there as a clerk. Right. But he ran a band. Uh, was it called the Jeevan? No, it's, uh, yes, the Jeevan yeah. Music Party. Mm. And uh, they played a lot of Hindi stuff. So I, I used to accompany him for, mm. for all his wedding programs and stage shows and all that. Mm. And one fine day, I just uh, saw myself playing with him. Because whenever they finish their band practices and they go back to their work and all that, I will come back from school. I'll be in the house. I'm four or five years old. I'll just draw out all the instruments and I'll start banging them away. So my mother used to tell me that. My father's friends who much later in life told me that as young as four years old, I used to play congas and drums and all that. I have no memories. Mm. 
But I know that I, I have memories of pulling those instruments from the table, you know, those days at the dining table. Yeah. And then before my father came, I would pack it, up, pack it up and all that. So my father never knew actually I could play in the beginning. Then after some time, I think when I followed him, weddings and all that, so I I should just stick and play the sticks of the drums and all mm. that. So my father found I could play. Mm. So there were some difficult passages that I could play as young as when I was 10, which the original drummer couldn't play. Right, and this is without any formal <laughs> no, 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 training, no formal, right? Not yet, not yet. I was about 7, 8 years old. Mm. So I was playing. So my father said, good. Then later my father found that I was interested in music, so he started teaching us. He started teaching me on mandolin. And uh, as I, being the elder son, I, the, the other boys were very young at the time, so I, I learned. How many brothers? Two of us, two more brothers. Two uh, Bashir, the keyboard player, yes. and Mama Noor, the drummer. Yeah. I mean, and they, they established in their own fields, you know. And we are blessed to be together. Mm. That eventually became uh, the Singapore Indian Youth Orchestra and then became Muslim Boys till today. So my early memories is that my father, my father and my mother sings at home. Mm. My mother <laughs> she's and your mother's name South, is? Her name is Hamida. Hamida. She's South Indian. She speaks Tamil and English. Uh, she speaks well. And then uh, she went to uh, Arabic school ah, okay. and Kotaraja Malay school. She met Piramli's wife there studying wow. in the same place, Kotaraja school. And she used to sing in Malay, his wife, and she used to sing in Hindi. So my mother said that she will learn a lot of Hindi stuff from her. <laughs> Which is interesting because P. Ramli was very influenced by yeah. by Indian yeah. films. My mother's a huge song. fan. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I every time after school, she goes to Lorong Ampas to see him act and play saxophone. That's, that's amazing. Uh, that's the kind of thing I grew up in. Mm. Both my father and mother had that love for music. Mm. I think that's why we became what we are. So it's very much in your blood. In I your, must say, yeah. if not for their backing and support and love, I don't think we can get where we are. Mm. Both mm. of them were the, they were the wheels, I think, for us. We were the car. <laughs> so that was the first memories I have. Yeah. What was the first song you, you ever sang? Uh, first song I sang. Yeah. Okay. When my father taught me music, the first song he taught me was a song called I think it's a Manadi or somebody, if I'm not wrong, I'm not sure. That's the first Hindi song he taught me. But I was more a musician than a singer. I, I never liked to sing, actually. I've Why is spoken that? Because I, I, the thing is, language wasn't my thing. Ah, okay. I, I'm good at English. Yeah. I, I used to sing a lot of English stuff when I was much younger. What was your favorite me? English song? Me? Oh, yeah. I can start from Jim Reeves, Andy <laughs> Williams, Paul Anker. For the first few years of my life, what hit me were the black musicians, uh, the Commodores, right. Cool and the Gang, so the, the, Earth, Wind and Fire, the funk, funk era. Uh, that's yeah. why we ended up being funk. Yes. You know? <laughs> All these guys and George Benson and I. So, and the turning point of uh, musically jiving into it was the Bee Gees uh, Saturday Night album, Saturday oh, Night Fever. Yes. Wow. Because they change the sound. Mm. You have never heard an electronic piano or bass line or a groove that way before that. Mm. There, were, there were Motown stuff, but this one was different. So we got hooked into Bee Gees a bit after that, not before that. After that, I love the harmonies. I love, I mean, a lot of people despise their vocals, <laughs> their falsettos, but I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful and the harmony is something I learned from Bee Gees. And, and, and it worked with the hook. Saturday Fever, you can yeah. watch it over and over again. So how these guys came out with the sound? They yeah. came out with a different sound. You know, when you hear that song, it straightway transports you into a disco, you know. 
Yeah. That's how it does. Yeah. It does to you. That's how I got hooked to them. These are the guys who influenced me. Santana, of course. Yes. And uh, like that. So before that, then my father came in, and uh, I, I was good in English, but. Mm. To sing Tamil and Hindi was a bit difficult for me because <laughs> he tried to teach me Urdu, right. but I didn't want to. But you didn't actually take Tamil no. as a second no, language. No, you, no, you I studied Malay. Malay. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Because there were no Tamil schools near my, mm. I couldn't get to a school. So my father had to put me to a, into a school that had Malay. So mm. I was good at Malay. Mm. I speak Malay like uh, one time I used to sing Malay, wow. yeah, Ali Cat songs, the Piramli, and all. That. I, I used to grow up singing that. Right. My kampong had Malay guys. Mm. So. Then suddenly I felt I felt not confident to sing in Tamil and Hindi. But, but interestingly, Ali Cats are all Indian guys. All Indian guys. <laughs> so I used to watch Ali Cats and say, "Wow, oh, a group of Indian fellows from Penang, and they can be number one in Malaysia singing Malay songs. Not bad." So I used to sing Malay songs. A lot of my old friends and my band boys know that I can sing those. I will sound like Ali Cats at one time. Then uh, Ali Cats came to know us. Later in life, and they liked us. They they came to us. They liked this band, these boys. You know, because you were influenced by their yeah, sound as well. Yeah, yeah. They liked Tamil songs, and they didn't find anyone playing Tamil songs like us. We right. were different. Mm. We didn't sound like a mm. Indian band. Yeah, we sound like a mixed up uh, a band. This very fusion in Singapore. Yeah, and my father made us play Chinese songs, mm. Cantonese, Hokkien. So we, whenever they had uh, functions in the HCB estates, we used to play. We used to play Chinese songs, so melodies, the, you know. The early days of racial harmony. Yeah, we were doing uh, all that. Right. And we were doing Malay, and I was doing tracks with uh, Tracy Huang. I played an uh, uh -huh. album with her. I played Sita. I can't find the song. I did Flybeats, the band. I, I did for them uh, a few Malay tracks. We played tablas and setas and all that. I also played with S. Atan a lot in the TV recordings, yeah, and radio recordings for Dandut and all that mm -hmm. when I was younger. So this, I feel I'm total Singaporean. I can go into any Chinese band and play like a Chinese guy. I won't sound like an Indian man, mm. like an Indian, you know, yeah. slurring. And I would yeah. play exactly like them. Yeah. It's something I've heard before. So we like that. But coming back to <laughs> singing again, yeah. when I saw other guys singing and yeah. all that, I thought maybe I'll try. Okay. So the first song I sang was a Hindi song. After that was a Tamil song. After I sang my Tamil song, my father uh, went back home after the show, a wedding we played, and told my mother, tell him not to sing again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because my pronunciation was atrocious. Oh, dear. <laughs> so bad, I couldn't speak Tamil. Right, yeah. Whenever we had functions and all that, when my relatives used to come and speak in Tamil, I'll just look at them and I can't reply. That's my experience as well. I, you I know, know what it's like. You know. We are the coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> they go around telling my parents, and what this guy can't even speak Tamil, you know, what's wrong with him? I never wanted to. So it made me more angry. Why should I speak? Why should mm. I sing? So I didn't want to. Mm. First song I sang was, it remains uh, my favorite, actually. It sounds like this. Please share. <laughs> दिल का तराना देखो कहीं आरो ठुकरान देना मेरा नजराना दीवाना लेके आया है दिल का तराना वाह वाह किशोर जी किशोर Gee, uh, always. Always. Uh, yeah. Kishore So that yes. stuck with me and mm. I became a huge fan of Kishore Kumar and mm. I started singing all his songs. It's very easy to fall in love with Kishore oh, Kumar. Tell me about and his, it. And his <laughs> velvet <laughs> voice, isn't yeah. it? 
amazing, amazing singer. So he was uh, my main Hindi influence as a singer. Ten years later, it was Gulam Ali. Uh, my father brought home yes. a record when I was 23. Mm. He said, listen to this. So I listened to the live tracks of Gulam Ali. I think he was singing somewhere. It was a live, not a recorded one. I told my father, I think when I'm 50 years old, I will be able to sing. Wow. I don't think I can do this. Mm. That man is magic. He's, he doesn't sing, he thinks. <laughs> it's just music. Whatever comes to his mind, he just transports. It's like a jazz performer jazz, improvising yes, on and the spot. Yes. Improvising, and I've, I've listened to a lot of jazz. But this man, is he, he just can do whatever he wants. That's what I see. Uh, how come he's so... I mean, I realize what's gift and all that. But he's amazing as a singer. I so, saw him live. So singers like Gulam Ali, Kishore Kumar, Mohammad Rafi, yeah, I have to of course. bring Mohammad Rafi in as well. Were they all um, very important influences to the bands that you remember growing up with, um, uh, the Singapore Indian bands? I think a lot of mm. Singapore Indian bands uh, remain I mean, playing more Tamil stuff. Mm. They played one or two, but they were not like totally Hindi bands. Mm. Whereas there were Hindi bands, but they were normally bands that played in Malay weddings or Indian Muslim weddings. They had a mixed Malay, mm. uh, Indian and Malay mixed guys, so they might not speak the language, but they sing, like the Malays sing in English or mm. something. They sing in Hindi, but uh, but they were the one who carried the Hindi stuff right. more, rather than the Tamil bands. Mm. The Tamil bands stuck more to being Tamilian. Mm. We were different mm. because my father spoke Urdu and Hindi. So the influence was both. We could yeah. do both and both correctly. So you lived in those two worlds, you know, language my, worlds. Yes. Yeah. So that made it very easy for us. And uh, so many years later when I started composing, a lot of my friends or people heard it. Mm. They did tell me that I had a lot of North Indian influence mm. in my compositions, which is true. Which is true. I, I can play what they're playing. But I naturally feel this way. Mm. It is what I, I grew up with. My influence was the so all my Indian compositions. flourish in your yeah. in your compositions, yeah. yeah. And I never studied all this. When I went to South India for work with Raman and all mm. that, when I showed some demos to friends, they said, "Did you do uh, Ghazal or some mm. training?" I said, "No, I just listen to. I pick my singers, you know, and I listen to them." He said, your, "All your compositions got that touches." Mm. Once I met Anup Jalota's manager. Yeah. He heard my songs and he said. It's got it's different, you know. Mm. It's not like that. So I guess the Hindi thing was yeah. uh, the North Indian thing was a great influence on my, on my career, mm. on my musical ability and all that. And when when you performed in bands as well, that that influence would come through. Of course, uh, as of course, well. What you know, Rafi? What do you remember about the band scene at that time? I know you were talking about. I want to yeah. go back to that point a little bit about there were uh, bands that specifically played. Tamil songs. Yeah. Was it Tamil film songs in yeah. particular? Or? Uh, most of them were Tamil film songs, but I must say that there were uh, a couple of musicians who got together in the 60s, mm. early 60s or mid-60s. Uh, Edmund. Edmund uh, is an accordion player. He's mm. Christina Edmund. Yeah, Christina. Christina fa- father, yes. uh, the, and Edmund is a father, mm. and she had brothers who were all musicians also. Yeah. And then Karnan, there's a flutist mm. called Karnan. Uh, and then they produced an album. I think they, there was a six Singapore pop yeye thing, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, in, the, in the 60s. Mm. So there was a Quest and there were a lot of other bands. You yeah. know? And uh, Malay bands were coming in. All, and then they, they wanted a pop yeye thing for Indian. Mm. So I think Christina was 
one the they, they had a rock and roll songs all going for them so yeah i i understand you know reading uh, from this book singapore soundscape musical renaissance uh, mm. of a global city mm. uh, and eugene dariana yeah, yeah. interviewed you uh, yeah. as well for that book in 2004 and i understand that there was a, a recording done by christina edmund yeah in yeah. the in the 60s in the 60s 1967 there was an album, yeah. yes i uh, believe it was the first I would say it is the first uh, local Tamil. Yeah, local Tamil. Okay. Even not me. Then. Do you remember the songs from no. from that? No. I was okay. young. If it was six, I was like 9 8 mm. years old. Mm. So they recorded the album yeah. then, you know. I believe it's a rock and roll album. If you go back to 60s rock and roll, so that kind of songs you hear yeah. in Singapore, you know, they didn't want to play cinema songs. I think they were the pioneers in mm. that. They wanted to be Singaporean. Yeah. Like the Salonis had their their baila thing going yeah. you know so they we these guys had their rock and roll thing going but being so influenced by indian film music yeah. the people who came from there the diaspora mm. those people who came early they stuck to the, listening to indian songs they they were not ready for this yeah you know and the youngsters also influenced by the elders and they mm. were listening to cinema songs broadcast on radio mm. so people like christina and all that had a hard time trying to fulfill the rock and roll influence so the audience wasn't ready ah, just like the... when they were not ready for me in yeah. 80s when i did my albums in the 86 87 i was a totally jazz funk out with mm. our songs were all sounding very jazz and funky yes the shops didn't want it when i went to the shops with rajivagis i mean i must say mr rajivagis produced my albums then yes yeah he was a quest hero guitarist and all that yes and then he produced successful mandarin albums in hong kong and all that and uh, taiwan and when he had a studio in singapore his one desire was to produce a tamil album why was that <laughs> because being an indian <laughs> he he played so many he produced so many chinese artists and then suddenly he said how come i never produce one indian album you know then i when i met him and he listened to our tracks he said okay sounds good come in and record Yeah. And and Reggie at that time had a quite a fearsome reputation as yeah. a producer, right? Yeah, Very yeah, yeah. tough one. I'm the... talking 1987. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's damn the... sharp in yeah. his ear. So I like working with him mm. because he's got a great ear for music. So we love working with him. Of course, we got <laughs> he will fire us and all that. <laughs> But that's that's part of the game. But the album came out very nice. He went to the Indian so-called clubs around to play the songs. You know, it's one of those things you do. And all his buggers were drinking <laughs> there, listening to the song. Said this song don't sound like a Tamil song. I go to the cassette shops and say, look, listen to these songs. You know, it doesn't sound. Le Raja was doing his thing, so they couldn't understand what I was doing. They said, no, the snare is too loud, the kick drum is too loud. Sounds like a Western song. But that's what Raman did in 1991. <laughs> you know, so having heard our songs also earlier, he heard our songs because my brother was there in India. So Raman has heard all those things. They also wanted to bring a change uh, to Indian film music. So when he had the opportunity, he did it. But we were t- trying to get to do it in Singapore and in India. We went up to India with our albums and all that, but nobody understood what we were doing. So what's it been challenging for you as a band yeah. at the time? Yeah. We're ahead of your time, yes. or we're ahead of that time. Yeah. You know, where film music was had such a stronghold yeah, always with the there. audience. Yeah, yeah. It's still though, still it's still, still though. Today, but yeah. I think it has changed a lot in the last decade. Mm. Yeah, it has changed because of uh, the global thing, YouTube and all that, and suddenly people pouring out what they want to do. So the attention on the film music has diluted a bit. Mm. People want to have their own thing. People want to support their own acts. In those days, it was difficult. You know, you have no place to play your songs, radio. If the radio don't play your song, nobody knows who you exist. You know, right. 
So everything they see on television or here on radio is from India. So bands at that time really relied heavily on on the support of, course, of, of the course. radio I mean, you, stations. You can't yeah. go to yeah, and in all the bands in Singapore, I don't think they can't compose. But of course, the composing ability differs because mm. it comes from experience. Yeah. But for whatever they had, they couldn't play anything original because who wants to listen to it? You go to a wedding or a party and play. What's this? They don't know. People only know like the song when they recognize it. Well, most of the bands only performing at like wedding parties. Yes. So okay, so there were no clubs or uh, no. Clubs at we the time. were the yeah. first burgers to <laughs> <laughs> to spoil the whole scene. <laughs> we we joined a group of guys and said, "Let's do a branding and men." And we always used to go to Hyatt and all yes. that. Let's do a branding and. So we got a place at Side Alvi Road, and my some four of my friends started a club. I said, "I will, we will do the band thing. Don't worry." So we were a complete different outfit, four piece, and we were packing in the crowds. A lot of big musicians used to come and go. Louis Prakasam and all the all used to come and play with us and go, you know. And we were enjoying it. We sound different, you know, Indian and fusion and rock and all that. So we started the the, the club thing going. Then of course another uh, club uh, opened up and they brought bands from India, and they sounded exactly like the Indian bands. And and uh, a lot of the paying customers preferred that. Oh, because the, the younger customers was, preferred yeah. me. Oh right. Those guys studied in the NUS mm. and all. They used to come in. You know they preferred us. Mm. But the guys who frequent clubs and paying customers, the more mature guys liked it. Like I said, they influenced sound. by the familiar sound. Yeah. Yeah, one of my best songs that we ever composed and arranged uh, is called Nilavi Puchalava. It's a song I composed in 1986. It sounds different already there. It was a reggae thing on the, on the original. Then we changed it to funk, jazz fusion. And we played, and uh, Rajivagis loved it. And it was a song he that brought him over. And he he heard it and he said, "Wow, is it something different?" And then I was doing that Eddie Van Halen mm, tapping thing. Yes, yes. You know, when I was young, the first time I saw him doing it on jam, I said, "Wow, let's try this." You know, so I was doing it on the song. So we had all that going on in a Tamil song in 1987. Nobody understood all those things. It means English. It's yeah. not Tamil. So we we got sidelined. Right. You know, nobody wanted our albums, and eventually, what happened, Reggie? When he sold the studio, somebody came in and they bought over all the stuff and all that. They kind of erased my master tracks, Ooh. so my ten Hindi songs and Tamil songs that is went down the drain. Oh, no. Yeah. Also, at that time, Rafi, you were saying that your father worked as a clerk yeah. as well in HDB, yeah. and uh, so I understand a lot of the musicians. The bands at the time, they were all working full time. Yes, yes. a lot of them. Yeah. I, as a youngster, I played in various bands. Mm. A lot of them uh, work full time. Saturday Sundays, <laughs> they leave their families and go and play music. <laughs> you know, they enjoy that. Right. And then, uh, of course, they contributed heavily mm. to the scene. I must mm. say. I mean, if I have not heard them or seen yeah. them, I wouldn't do what I'm doing. Mm. But, but my memories were there. I mean, like I go to weddings and this band is playing that band. The wedding bands, most of them are wedding. Do bands. you do you remember any of their names? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, my father put me uh, as a Apprentice to once he taught me to play mandolin, I was put into Singapore Indian Music Party. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they were the best musicians at that time in the 60s and 70s. My father said they are very good. Go and learn from them. Raymond Joseph on clarinet and Karan on flute. The Guru Sami brothers, you know, the the father was a music teacher and all that. So very good musicians. So I learned from them. Mm. That's my first influence. Uh, after that, I didn't actually play in any other bands because I played the best band. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned a lot of stuff from there. Mm. When I started my own band, naturally I just took over the the leadership thing and mm. whatever influence I had, I transported to my younger guys. 
while there were a lot of you know mainly playing for weddings yeah. and you know, parties and things like and that. And I toured with this band Malaysia and all yes. that when I was young. So <laughs> so there was so yeah. they did tour. Sure, like, yeah, like the, they did shows. I know, like the English bands, like the Quest. Yeah, something and, like that. You know, they they did a regional yeah, tour. Yes. So they did go to KL. I I went up to. Masai, JB, in functions, mm. shows and all that. So Malaysians call them up. And I used to go and perform. I remember when I was very young, we had the same shirts, you know, band mm. uniform kind of thing in the 60s, 70s and all that. They were all good musicians, I must say. But unfortunately, you know, you cannot play music full-time here. And I must say, a lot of them also have come from Malaysia, mm. Penang, Malacca. And uh, they settled in Singapore. A lot of them from Malaysia, actually, I understood, and came here. And they settled in Singapore and didn't go back. And mm. they started the Indian music scene. After hand, I can't remember the names. According to Supaya, there's one guy. Mm. If you know Al Krishnasamy, yes. uh, his father-in-law, actually. Uh, and he's an accordion player, good accordion player. And a few guys I, I, I've seen when I was young. But uh, we started so early in life at that. When 10, 11, 12, 13. So by the time I was 15, I had a band. The band was already functioning as a, you know, we were playing instrumentals and we play all kinds of things. So from then on, it's more like uh, I was very hooked into all this. But I never thought I'll be a musician. <laughs> my father, so when I was 21, my father said, uh, well, after the army, you have to go to work. I said, go to work. What <laughs> 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 work, you know, like, uh, no, you have to, uh, music must, you must play part-time. I said, no. I don't know why I said that, but I said, look, I, I don't want to be like you, you know, at the age of 40, uh, work somewhere and then play music part-time and all that. I, I want to play music full-time. He said, don't be mad. In Singapore, you can't do it. You know, it's difficult and all that. Uh, he was very upset at me. I remember the conversation in my kitchen window and I told my father, if you don't let me play music, I'm going to throw this guitar down now from the fourth story. I hope <laughs> the, it wasn't an no, expensive no, guitar. It was. <laughs> it was, a, it was one of the most expensive guitar then. What was My it? father didn't earn much, okay. but he gave me a Gibson Les Paul Custom. Oh, uh, it's still it's still oh. with me. Wow! It's, he bought it for me when I was sixteen plus. It's still here with me. Then we had some arguments, and uh, I, I went to work. I started working here and there, but my mind was somewhere else. Before. So it was a struggle for you then, because you know you had to uh, earn a living, yeah. and then by then you, your passion is calling yeah, you. Yeah. And I think it was similar for all the bands as well, right? Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see the problem with me is I wanted to do something else. I was do, I wasn't doing English mainstream. If English mainstream, you end up playing in the clubs. Yeah. You can earn money, good money those days. They give you a hotel room to stay. You're yeah. like a king. But that's not what I wanted to do because I thought to myself, what what am I going to do with my life? Am I going to be a club musician, or composer, or what? Where I'm going to park myself? I said, if I go to Malaysia, I need to play Malay songs. That's not what I want to do. I can play, but I don't want to do that. I even, When I was in Mono Music, they offered me PR, you know? Yes. They said, come over to Malaysia, we'll offer you PR, you produce Indian albums. I said, no, nah. That's it. <laughs> I'll stay in Singapore. My mind was not in Malaysia. Right. My mind was in India. Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I went back to India. I couldn't speak the language. <laughs> couldn't read a Latin Tamil. <laughs> But I just saw myself there. <laughs> and it's just... And it happens. It's a divine thing mm -hmm. that is just... Hap hap my first song that I... I never wanted to sing in time, but mm -hmm. my first song that came my way yeah. was in a from a, a song that Raman composed. Espri Bala sang and I sang with him. And here I was, I was Espri Bala's idol. 
I mean, I, he was my idol. Sorry, mm. I was looking up to him. But in 1995, when he sang, when we both sang together, it was my first song. It was, a, it was a, something that I, I didn't plan that. <laughs> it, it happened. So that song remains a, a very favorite song among many uh, audiences. Yes, uh, Asbibala and me. And Asbibala once told me that he loved that song very much. Wherever he goes, he will sing it with his son. That song, That's my 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 verses, he will sing. And unfortunately, so, we've lost. Yeah, him we lost him. It was quite yeah. sad actually. But uh, like you showed, he was a great influence in my style. Mm. And, uh, and the first time we met him was, uh, if I can digress a bit, yeah. when we were playing in uh, in Singapore Swimming Club or Chinese Swimming Club. There was a show, uh, Dr. Umarajan did. Mm. So we were playing and then uh, we, before that I heard he was in town. So I called Gange Maran up and I said, uh, can you ask him to come as a guest of honor? The Uma would love it. And he came. He came with his wife and two children. Yeah, they're very young, the children. Well, that's then. lovely. 1985, uh, eight, no, 85, 86, I think. Mm. He came and then he sat there and uh, that's the first time I don't know him personally, you know. And we were playing this song called Elianila. So my band singer was singing the song. So when we were doing the second BGM, the second guitar piece when I was playing, uh, then this man wakes up from me, from his chair. He walks straight up to the stage, <laughs> give me a pat on my shoulder. He goes to my singer. As I'm finishing my, because he knows the song, as I'm finishing my guitar, he just picks up the microphone and told the guy, I'll continue. Then he sang. He's doing it at his peak, How you know. amazing. Uh, at his yeah. peak. For me, it's like, wow. You know, like... So, SP Bala jammed uh, with you jam, guys. Jammed, you know, half a song. <laughs> Impromptu jam. Come on, half a song. <laughs> so, wow. And he was in his uh, early 40s, you know. And he probably yeah. segued into it so yeah, smoothly. I think, I think he pro. loved what we were doing. Mm. So, you know, it's very hard to get somebody to come up on stage to sing. If the band is horrid, they won't, you know. So, I think he loved what we were doing. And that's my first experience with him. Mm. Then after that, my brother went to India in the yeah. 85, 86. Uh, 86. Yeah. My brother has met him and all that. Then uh, my next uh, meeting with him was in 1990. Right. Uh, when I wanted to do the album Breakthrough yes. and Karupaya, I, wa I wanted Asri Bala's voice on the album. So in those days, they won't sing for private albums. Right. Uh, they, when they sing in cinema, they have a contract and they don't like to sing for private albums. Yeah. Except devotional, maybe they will try, but sure. no pop albums. They don't want that uh, cross thing going on. But he sang for me. I had to sing the lyrics to him. My lyrics were in English, Romanized. He wrote in Telugu. <laughs> and we were singing a Tamil song. <laughs> what an irony. But yeah, there was, I still remember that time, you know, I was, uh, then uh, they, he once, once started singing and he said, Okay, Rafi, tell me what you want me to do. I said, I'm in no position to tell you anything. <laughs> I was 30 years old. I said, No, sir. I said, There it is. It's all up to you now. You do whatever you want, you know. Wow. He sang the song. He said, I love the song. It's a very beautiful song. It was composed by my brother, Bashir. Mm. We arranged it and all that. He said, it's a very beautiful song. He liked it. And he said, on top of that, I I like one more thing. I said, what is it? I asked him I across the studio. I like your name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know then. He yeah. said, because I'm a huge fan of Muhammad Rafi Saab from Bombay. And I like your name. Mm. I said, then you'll never forget me, I told him. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's, how, that's my experiences with him. But, you know, if you had to look at the the decade, or if I want to call it the golden age of the Indian band, mm. what decade would that be? Golden age of Indian band, definitely 60s, 70s. Mm. Up to mid-80s. Yes. After that, 
we are the only guys around. Yeah. I mean, the band. Mm. What do uh, you think a happened? Lot of, a lot of things. I mean, the, the, when Singapore was growing, mm. the decisions to you can't lay part anymore, as in 60s and 70s. <laughs> you know, uh, that that hippie thing, all that is gone. You know, mm. and uh, the relaxed thing all gone. 80s Singapore is growing. Mm. Economically, it's be you know we have we have to be uh, uh, responsible for its growth also, and mm. we have to take responsibilities. Uh. Mm. So a lot of people had to give up bread and butter issues, you know. Mm. And uh, yeah. after that, the foreigners came and the club scene was going down. Uh, I mean, everything just took a turn. Mm. Even the the English uh, bands were not getting jobs. Yeah. What more the other bands, mm. you know? So uh, that slowly died. Mm. And he's uh, he's been dead for a long time. Right. So where do you think it is now? We are in 2020. I mean, mind you, this is an extraordinary year, but we are in 2020. Yeah, yeah. But I I see a different future. Mm. This COVID thing is not doing anything to me. Okay. I said because for a long time in my life I've decided to move my direction mm. somewhere. I think this is the best time you should do what I think you should do. And I said. Gone are the days where you depend on a club scene, mm. where people use you because you draw crowds, or if you don't draw crowds, they tell you goodbye. Mm. Gone are the days you go to a cinema producer and you got to do anything he wants to mm. tell you. If not, they don't want you, or they can hang up on you, and they can. I said we are not dependent on anybody, you mm. know. There's YouTube, the media is all over the place. The world is your market. So technology has. Yeah, it's a big enabler of for for what musicians, do you, what do band musicians, record companies. Yeah, so you don't need all that now. Mm. All you need is put up something really nice somewhere. It will get to somebody. Mm. Everything is going in another way, and mm. so many talents are just coming up and up and up and up. I said, uh, why are we getting lost? I said, just just be in the field. That's what I'm doing. I said I'm doing something very different. When I wanted to go to India, I need to know Tamil. I need to mm. play Tamil song. I need to play what they like. Mm. Now I don't have to. I can do what I want. I'm sure it'll reach everybody. It has reached everybody when I was at one time. Yes. You know, my my engineer who was non-Indian and listened to my songs in '87, he kept my tracks. He said, "I've never heard a Tamil uh, song like this in my yeah. life. It's very different, you know." But now we're hearing bands doing what you did. Yeah, yeah. In the '80s. Yeah, yeah. Right. For me, it's like I when I watch that, I say, "Wow!" It's like wow. full circle for you. Yeah, I said. Yeah. Finally, you know, and I, I, and I love it when I see a lot of guys doing it, mm. musicians and all that. You know, I like, wow! I said, I wish I was their age now. I, I wish that was the time. Yeah. You know, I, I there was a ball. I had nobody to play with. Right. You know? Lucky I had my brothers. Mm. If my two brothers were not with me, mm. I wouldn't have had that thing. It, it wasn't the same with anybody else. Right, Rafi. I have one last question yeah. for you. I know music is such a huge part of who you are. Uh, you know, not only as a talent, but as a as a human being as well. Mm. If you weren't a musician, if you mm. weren't a band leader or part of a band, what would you have been doing? I really don't know. There was a time I I really don't know what to say at this point of my life. But I feel I think the first thing that cropped up in my mind when I, when I was a youngster, I wanted to teach. Ah, okay. But I found myself not teaching music. I couldn't. Mm. I was very forthright. Anyone comes to me and says, uh, "I want to learn," I said, "Okay, sing me something." And if the person is tone deaf, I I I tell, I'll tell them I can't teach you. I I cannot collect your money. You know, you might want to sing, 
you might think you can sing or want to play an instrument, but I can't teach you because uh, it will not go anywhere. I have taught a lot of people, not for money. I've given them my experiences, taught them. So I, I teach naturally. I teach. I mm. share my secrets. I give my jobs. I yeah. do all those things. That's not a problem. But later in life, once I wanted to be a full-time army guy, <laughs> that was a teenager. But that didn't happen too. Today, if you ask me the question, I said I want to teach. I will teach something that I acquired over over the yeah. years through music. Yeah, uh, that's what I will do. I will still teach. Mind, body, and spirit. But still, with music in your life. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. It's my tool. Yeah. Rafi, thank you so much thank for you, sharing Shibana. your memories with us. Thank you so and, much. And uh, I think I learned something new. I, and I had a fascinating peek into the history of Indian band team yeah, in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. I really I could, yeah. enjoyed it. This has been uh, Making the Scene, uh, produced by the Esplanade Theatres on the Bay. Singapore's National Performing Arts Centre. Look out for more episodes of Making a Scene at esplanade.com slash offstage and on Spotify and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations with art makers. Thank you.